Hello and welcome to Camino de Nature Projects podcast stories where we tell nature stories for children from ages 5 to about 13 but many adults seem to enjoy them as well. So let's begin shall we? Once there was a little boy who although his name was not Jack preferred to be called Jack. And so, for our story, we shall call him Jack as well. Now Jack had an older brother named Warren, whom he called Warney. Jack and Warney were three years apart in age, but you would never guess that if you were to watch them play, because see, they played as equals. In fact, in many ways, Jack was the leader of the two, and later in life, it was Jack who took care of his brother, Warney. So, Jack and Warney lived in a land of green, green almost year-round. They lived in a place called Ireland, and, well, it was green because it rained a lot. If Jack were still alive today, he would be about 122 years old. So when Jack was a boy, things were a bit different. Things we now take for granted, like electricity, telephones, and cars, were very new and not commonplace. But there was one thing that they had back then, and we still have now, and that is books. Now, Jack and Warney's mother and father loved books. They loved books so much, in fact, that books were in every room and lined every hallway, and there were even piles of books on the floors. Jack and Warney were not rich, per se, but they were well off enough to live in a spacious house with gardens and have nannies and tutors and servants. So picture, if you will, a very big house with books everywhere. Jack and Warney, of course, learned to read at a young age and were at liberty to read any book they wanted. Now, before we get into the adventure part of the story, I must tell you one other thing about Jack and Warney, and that is that they had odd thumbs. They had inherited these odd thumbs from their father. They and their father could not move their thumbs the same way we can, The joint closest to their wrist did not move. And so these funky thumbs made it difficult for the boys to play sports and do handwork, why even swinging a baseball bat was challenging. Now, though the boys were very close and were together all the time, they had different interests. Warney loved ships and trains. Jack Jack loved animal stories like Beatrix Potter and stories of knights and of the Norsemen. Many a day the boys would play like any other boys and climb and leap and sword fight outdoors. But even more days, due in part to the rain, they would retreat into their books or run through the long book-lined hallways. They had a special room at the end of the hallway that they named the Little End Room. The little end room was their room, only their room. There they could do and say and play any way they wanted, and so they did. 
Before they could read, they would draw pictures and paint pictures. For Warney, these were often pictures of trains and ships. And for Jack, these were often pictures of animals wearing medieval armor. And when they could read, they made pictures with their words. Now, neither Warney nor Jack could draw exceptionally well, and so they were limited by their arti artistic abilities. But what they lacked in art skills, they more than made up for in words. With words, they could paint any world they wanted, and so they did. Warney's land was called India and had ships and trains. Jack's land was called Animal Land and had talking animals that wore clothes. These word pictures were often supplemented with simple drawn pictures as well. Although the boys often retreated into their own lands, their worlds also came together, which is only natural considering how close the boys were. The stories they wrote were for each other. In time, they brought their worlds together in a place called Boxen and wrote a book about it. Boxen was a magical land where things as different as talking animals living in medieval times defending castles could coexist with modern ships and trains. Boxen was filled with drawing stories, plays, histories, timelines, and even a map. Now, one day, while Jack was busy with a lesson of some sort, maybe Latin or French. Warney was out in the garden. Warney, as did Jack, loved a particular type of biscuit, rather like our animal crackers. And these biscuits came in a tin can with a removable lid. Now, Warney was outdoors with his biscuits. It was quite a balmy day for Ireland. And so Warney lay on his back on the plush carpet of grass, staring up at the sky and munching on his biscuits. It wasn't long before Warney heard some rustling in the shrubs near him. He rolled over onto his belly, rested his head on the backs of his hands, and peered into the shrubbery. He saw a frog, and the frog saw him. And so the frog remained motionless, and Warney did the same. Minutes passed, and neither moved. It seemed to be a contest to see who could be still the longest. After another minute or so, Warney's mind and eyes began to wander. Down here among the grasses seemed to be yet a whole other world. The blades of grass were to the bugs and worms what trees were to him. He could see mounds of earth created by the worms and, and twigs that were like logs to the roly-polies as they climbed over them. He could see some other plants mixed among the grasses that had teeny tiny white flowers that he had never ever seen before. He noticed the tips of the flower petals were just slightly purple. And just then, a seemingly giant bee alighted on that flower scarcely an inch from, from Warney's nose. 
Warney dared not move nor even breathe, so frightened he was of getting stung. And so he watched, motionless, as the bee took no notice of him and began probing into the tiny flower, lapping up nectar and frantically moving his feelers around, presumably searching for even more nectar on the tiny, tiny flower. And then he was off as quickly as he had come. Warney continued to admire this miniature world. And then he knew, just knew he must have this world with him to admire and see whenever and wherever he wanted. And he knew that he must share this world with Jack. Warney proceeded to take the lid from his biscuit tin, tin and he ever so gently, using a stick, dug under and scooped up some grass and dirt. He carefully placed it in his lid. He did that several times until his tiny lid was full of dirt and grasses and plants, and he even made sure to gather one of the tiny flowers. Everything was neatly and perfectly placed. Not a single blade of grass was bent or crushed or harmed in any way. Then he sought out a worm, which he placed on top of his grasses. He watched that worm wiggle his way back into the earth. And then he gathered a roly-poly too. He thought about getting a snail, but was worried the snail would eat all the grass and when there was no more food would wander off and ultimately get crushed underfoot when everything was just as he liked he stood up brushed himself off and ran indoors to find and show jack jack was quite infatuated with the miniature garden he had walked on those grasses and plants on an almost daily basis but never had he taken the time to really look at it. Here before him, on the lid from the biscuit tin, surrounded by walls and, sea and ceiling and floor and books, was an exquisite piece of the world. And when taken out of its context into this man-made context of his home, it was all the more exquisite. Many years later, as Jack was admiring a current bush, a sudden memory of the biscuit tin garden filled his mind, and the same joy that filled his heart as a ch child returned to him then. Now Jack was about 50 years old and had fought in World War I, had become a distinguished professor at Oxford University, and had written several non-fiction adult books by this time. But now, he once again returned to writing and talking about animals in a series of books called Chronicles of Narnia. I encourage you all to learn and read more about Jack's wonderful world of talking animals in that series of books. Stars and Moon and Sun, now my story is done.